Welcome to Imperfect Parenting. I'm Ariel Green Anderson. My name is Matt Anderson. We're bringing you raw, real, and unfiltered stories from around the world. Are you an IP parent? I think about him a lot, how he will adjust to everything because I hear, oh, you know, kids are flexible and da da da. I'm like, they are, but to a certain point. Sometimes I feel when moms are staying at home with their kids, it's a super hard work. And also, it's a big work for yourself. And I think it will be beneficial in the future as well. Welcome to Imperfect Parenting, Episode 9 on the 9th of January, 2019. Yes, I did not plan that, but I'm very much into numbers. So this is a good sign for a delightful interview with Jana Khan, born and raised in the Czech Republic, now Czechia, and living in Australia. She is a world traveler, a social worker, a mom, and is downsizing her family, or already has downsized her family, from an apartment uh, in... Uh, along the coast in Australia into a caravan. That is quite a feat, especially when you have a three-year-old. So we talked about that, vaccinations and preschools, mothering groups and the different realities and styles about being a woman in the world and being a mom and different priorities and some tips and tricks and thoughts on motherhood in general. So I'm introducing Yana right now and hope that you enjoy this interview as much as I did. Welcome to Imperfect Parenting. This is Yana. Are you calling yourself Han these days or Vohi or what is the name that you... <laughs> I, think most people, I think most people those days use my real name. <laughs> yeah, I think Yana. But, you know, old friends, they call me different nicknames, but yeah, I'll probably will stay with my normal name. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, and of course I'm Ariel Green Anderson, even though that's only not really my official name, but somehow I like to keep my old name inside of everything. Somehow yeah. it feels like I didn't lose every piece of my old identity. <laughs> so, oh no. How are you doing? So yeah, you're Czech, but you're, are you now in, uh, Kalavovari right at this moment or you're at? Yeah. Close yeah. by. Yeah. 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 My parents live here, so it's like 20 minutes, 15 minutes away from Karlovy Right, in Czech Republic, Czechia, whatever. Yep. But you're living in, in Australia uh, as your home home. Yep. Uh, <laughs> that's changing a bit, I guess, in the next... Home home is changing a bit in the next few weeks. Homeless at this stage. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, your things... Your, yeah. And, well, we'll get to that later, but... Um, uh, how how has that been? That we'll start with that just since we're we're talking about it. You, so you you've been living in Australia. You've been in mainly just a couple of homes. Your son has only known one home, right? Yep, yeah, yep. that's right. Yeah. Um, and by Manly Beach, I think was that correct? Something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy, bez tatinkem. Yeah. Ja teďka nemůžu, jo, bez tatinkem. Mičku. Oh, okay. oh it's a beautiful Tom, book. Look at that. To show you the, this book. Yeah, the he loves book Prague. Of Prague for little storytellers. What a cool book, Tom. <laughs> thank you. Okay, oh, thank, thank you. you for sharing. That's very sweet. <laughs> hard not to be I mean, hard of everything. 
Take the book. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So they're playing hide and seek, and for some reason, this room has to be part of it. Well, because okay, you were there. You don't. It's fine. But yeah, just continue. I'm listening. It's okay. Don't worry. We'll see. Good. Sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been in Australia for the last nine years, and Tom is nearly three, and we've lived only in one apartment there. From Yeah, for five years, it was the only place that we called home, and Tom's, there was Tom's home, and now things are changing because we're going to travel. So... And yeah. did you guys decide this because it's before he's getting into school or what kind of motivated this new gypsy travel exploration yeah, yeah, through this? <laughs> oh, that's why you're making the face. He's back. He's <laughs> like, I can't really have... Um, I think the main reason was Michael's work. I'm just going to go and tell Michael that he really needs to keep Tom with him. <laughs> this is what we just went through before I got online as well. I understand. I did see. Mommy's not part of it. So, yeah, <laughs> Mommy's uh, hiding for a long time. <laughs> Sorry. So it no, was... No, it's uh, what was the motivation for... Well, yeah, just uh, what prompted you yeah, know, this well, two years. Now you're, So you're going to be basically... You, you downsized your home massively a lot into a caravan <laughs> yes <laughs> and you are going to be on the road for two years well we'll see maybe not two years well <laughs> I don't think two years I can Michael would think of one year oh okay we'll see I thought you so, said um, two I yeah, would not long but who, who knows Still, we don't yeah. know really yeah. but two years is definitely um the maximum because Tom will be five by then okay. and in Australia kids have to go to school when right. they're five right so we definitely want to be in one place once Tom starts school, and so we want to settle by then. Not sure if it's going to be in Australia or in Czech Republic. Okay. But yeah, the reason for this adventure, let's call it adventure, <laughs> <laughs> is probably uh, Michael's work because his work is sort of irregular. So he was traveling across whole Australia anyway. Oh, wow. I, and I was on my own in Sydney. Family's not there. A lot of friends, of course, after yeah. all those years there. But Still. it was M Michael wanted to do this traveling a long time ago, and I was like, no, no, I don't want to do that with a child. And then it's like, oh well, okay. <laughs> He's now sort of old enough to, you know, run around, and why not? Why not to try yeah. this? Because we does we don't want to stay in Sydney forever anyway. Okay. It's sort of expensive and. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll try to explore different cities in Australia and see and, if and, there is any other place. And will will Michal work during that time or yes. here and there? Yes, like... well, mm -hmm. Yeah, so he'll be still maybe once a month going away for a week. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you'd be so going gonna... to those places with him or what the plan was. Yeah, no, we, uh, so the plan is that we will stay with Tom somewhere for a week campsite thing we're not sure so it's sort of all unplanned and yeah, we'll yeah. see where yeah. everything takes us uh, in, in our world we call it intuitive travel you're just going to sort of see where the wind yeah, blows well, okay. you and <laughs> that's, a nice, that's a nice way to explain it yeah so that's that's what we're going to be doing and because of course financially we wouldn't be able to do it without any work for right, a year or right. so 
don't have like yeah savings big enough to do that so we thought oh you know while he's sort of on this job we can we can try and travel a bit and if it won't work for us we're just gonna change it that's simple we were renting before yeah we can then go and rent a place again so Mm -hmm. yeah well i i uh and how has the process been for you to uh, downsize such a oh. massive way? Like, I mean, you know, we all we all have the intention of, you know, keeping our space and our chi and feng shui, whatever, to keep things clear. But uh, it, that's a pretty big shift <laughs> from a, yeah. in a, a flat for, for a few years to, to everything in a caravan. I think it was exhausting the last month before really the move because we were um, clearing up the place for the last, well, three months before we were leaving the apartment. And first two months were really good because I was getting rid of things that we weren't using. So it was like, oh, fresh air. Yeah, exactly. Good. But then it went to, okay, so now the furniture, (laughs) our bed and everything that we actually use um, needs to go. So that was the hard part. Mm. Plus, we were a bit pressured by the time because we were leaving then uh, to Czech Republic for two months. So, there was another thing. So, to store a few things in different places. And, yeah, so that's probably part of that (laughs) stressful finish. Well, choosing choosing those things and where they're going to go. You know, something's going to stay parked in the car. And you do bring some more, like, really... Did you bring some things to Czech Republic and how did you choose what those things were going to be or what was the criteria? At this stage, to be honest, like we only brought clothes that we want to live here. Okay. Like some clothes, like winter stuff that we won't be able to take with us in a caravan and it's pointless to leave it in Australia anyway. Right. So we brought some of those and then, yeah, strangely enough, because we arrived there with with one luggage and then of course you know it's growing 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 sure especially with a child (laughs) and then when we had tom we actually didn't he was a baby he we didn't really buy too many crazy stuff for baby because sort of didn't feel like we need them but even that i think if we ever have a second child i won't probably use even the things that i was using for tom so i'm not really missing things yeah there are probably a couple of things that i would store if we would have the storage because we don't have the storage it's sort of pointless to pay for storage because the value of the things right is right. quite low so it's better than to purchase you know new one or secondhand ones because we trying to buy secondhand things anyway sure especially if you and don't this- know which country you're going to be in then exactly what if you store it and you decide to be in czech republic you'll have to sell it what anyway, do you do with so it? then that's, what do you yeah. do? Yeah. So that's probably because in my head it's still kind of 50-50. Are we staying okay. in Australia? Are we going back to Europe? Yeah. I'm not sure. So this was probably part of the process of moving out from the apartment, but partly when you're moving out back to Europe, yeah. it's like we would have to do the same thing. So as you said, yeah, the, we won't be living in Sydney. If we store things there, it's pointless because we would have to move them elsewhere anyway. Right. So we just, and I think where we lived in Australia, it's in Sydney, especially in Northern Beaches area where we lived, it was quite easy to buy furniture, secondhand things, because people are moving in and out quite yeah. a lot. Okay. So that's why it didn't really 
bother me to get rid of things. We sold. It was great because we sold most of our things. We didn't have to throw things away because it works really well through Facebook groups or different yeah. groups. Yeah. So that was a good feeling because we don't like throwing things out. Of course, it feels <laughs> wasteful. <laughs> Things were sold or given away for free, but people came and took it, so it was easy. I don't know if that would work really in Czech Republic that easily. I, I don't think so. It will be probably harder. We we well, have we have all those things, but I find that sometimes if I d giving it away or almost giving it away f as far as the price, sometimes it's not worth the time because you go through like so many back and forth, so much back and forth, and then people don't show up and. Then I yeah. almost rather just put it on the street next to recycling because I know that the some guy who's selling the things to the bazaars or something at least somebody's making use of it. But sometimes I don't have the energy. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it just depends on your what you're doing. If you're if you're packing things anyway and you're going to be home, I guess it doesn't really matter as much or something. But I don't know. Depends. Yeah, yeah, and that's. But that sounds good. I mean, it's a nice process in the beginning, as you said. And so um, do you think that part of what will help you decide as a family, as far as where you might live on the planet, is it that is the hope that when you're traveling that you might find that place that feels like your place? Or what do you think will help you to decide which continent to be on? Or is it just if you're just going with your feeling after this experience? It's a, I don't know. I think, yeah, probably the second option you mentioned with the feelings because my heart is still more here with the family. Yeah. And in the future, I sort of, I don't want to be too far from my family when yeah. my parents get older and yeah, yeah, yeah. they will need help. Like our parents are still young, so we don't have to do any move within a couple of years. Yeah. But still, <laughs> when we are here, like now it's been almost two months with – um. Tom having his grandparents around and it's just yeah so many nice things of course there are things that <laughs> you don't have to deal with while you're living away like you know all those treats that your child is given but yeah otherwise it's sort of nice to firstly have the break that you you know send your child with someone sure, else sure. Uh, going outside for a walk rather than yourself <laughs> all the time that's true. Um, and it's just yeah, so that's the part of and celebrating birthdays and everything because we, so far we did all the Christmas and birthday celebration with friends, which is nice. Yeah. But yeah. now um, with our move, um, it's getting me a bit more that uh, we won't have that community around us and then right. celebrating Christmas, which we're not big on Christmas celebration, but with a small child, I sort of feel that yeah. it's the magic that I would like to create. And while being on the road, it's just different. Well, I think that's and the reality. even the birthday now. Yeah, expat life is, uh, it's different. You do. You try to create your community around you. But it, it is, as you have a, have a child, exactly what you said. You, you think of holidays. It's not that, oh, wow, it's Christmas or it's Easter or whatever. But it's, there's the magic of the holidays for the kids. And part of that are the family traditions and the food that grandma makes or I don't know the things that you remember that make it special and you you think about that as parents right you know how do you want it to be for your yeah. child you know it's tricky and like you said now you're moving away from your community it's you might start over again somewhere or you decide to come here I guess 
we we have a little Instead bit of, of that on the table as well. So I understand it's like yeah, ah, like yeah, the best and choice. it's I, it's funny, funny enough because you know I've known you for I was thinking about it last yeah. last time I was like oh it's been so many years, <laughs> but you are going through that even when I met you you were going through what I'm going through in the you know last few years, but also even for me being. Czech moving from here to Prague was sort of similar I know it's different it's still you know same culture blah blah but but still you need to create uh sort of new friends new community I didn't know anyone in Prague yeah and then luckily through school I met amazing people and through volunteering I met amazing people as you (laughs) yeah part of why you know you were talking about how we met so we met at the lighthouse which is is, um, a similar place to where I did volunteer work in California, where I met my sort of mentor and my star mom, godmother to my daughter, Teresa, we met at something like that. I feel like when you're doing something, you're like, you're like-minded, you have some of the same core values. I mean, part of the reason why I did the volunteer work at Lighthouse, which was also working with HIV and AIDS and education and community, was I was missing some pieces. I was looking for my community. I was finding, I was meeting people in Prague, but you know, part of creating community is, is hoping that you have some similar core values to align so that it's, you know, uh, yeah, it just makes the connection a little bit easier or more balanced and, uh, you know, meeting you and Radek at the time and a couple of people there, it made a really big difference at the time with the, my feeling of being of another home, you know, because if, when it's not your home home, you have to create it somehow. I think that's something that has shifted in the last few years and I'm coming back around to myself because I realize that most of my friends now are moms, but not necessarily people that I have similar core values with. So we have kids in common, but if you start to talk, sometimes I just have to close my ears because I think, oh, holy crap, what are you saying to me? Like, I don't at all agree with this mentality, but as far as our kids, we might be similar is the way we are doing our kids or just they play well together. You know, it's, it's uh, something really shifted recently. And that was one of the discussions Mats and I have been having. It's like, I'd also like a few more people that we're a little more like-minded to be able to, um, I don't know, balance that piece out for community. Mm-hmm. And, and home isn't oh, necessarily that everybody's the same, but there's some, there's that common ground somewhere when you're from a similar place. So. I, I think I just realized like once you leave your home, like your, you know, California or you, you're never the same. And because you experience different cultures and cities and everything, it's yeah. sort of, it never can, can come back to. Even if you go home, yeah. it's not like it's the same because you're changed. Yeah. I'm changed when you've left and come back to a place. Yeah. That's the conundrum of it. Like, Torn. I feel always like halfway torn in between places because I love it here, but then certain things are sort of not really the like-mindedness yeah. that I need for my life. So that's even so. Even when living in Sydney, we have big Czechoslovakian sort of community. Okay, but doesn't necessarily mean that you really want to spend the time with those people, yeah, even yeah. though they are you know from the same background because. Is the like-mindedness that I think is important. Yeah, so yeah. I have some friends. Well, sadly, Australia is kind of people moving in and out. So <laughs> well, we have that here too in Prague. So I understand. <laughs> so, 
I know that's the uh, that's the life of you know expats living elsewhere. But I had like a friend from Argentina or from Hungary, um, and we really had things in common. Yeah. Even though totally different uh, back uh, culture sure, background sure. and yeah, so yeah, that's probably what I think we'll be looking for as well mm-hmm. for you know if we find somewhere where we like the place, people, I might feel different. Because yeah. at this stage, I sort of feel we want to be. I want to be in Czech Republic, close to my family. Yeah. Although, you know, now it's colder and <laughs> yeah, a little less appealing as it's starting to get colder and colder every day now. <laughs> I know. It's different. It's different. Yeah. Especially with yeah, it's it's easier in Australia. You don't have to put ten layers when you go out. And I realized yeah. because Tom, he doesn't like to have those layers on, no. and it's just so hard to get out now. It's, but Ella, you know, she grew up here, and it's the same. I think uh, it, yeah, most kids, it's really not comfortable. And I can remember it even as a kid when I put my winter coat on. You felt like you couldn't move around in the same way, and now you have the kids with the toilet training. The worst is you have all these layers on, and they really want to do the right thing, and then they make, have an accident. They're losing their minds. And you also are stressing for them or you kind of want to, okay, what's the easiest? I, I was just thinking recently of all the suits that we have, do we have anything that's really easy to get in and out of so that, you know, we can make this, you know, transition into toilet training, you know, easier as we're going into winter. Whereas I thought, oh gosh, if we were just in California, there've been a few times where I'm like, she would have ridden the bike earlier because of the weather and doesn't want to be out there. Also the toilet training, it was, it's easier when she can just, you know, not have much on, pull things on and off or not be wearing very much or yeah. something. So yeah. there's a few things that you think of, but you know, home is home. I mean, uh, what is it like for you? I mean, you said that like you come back and, uh, you know, you're changed because you've now been living somewhere else, had different experience. How are people, how do people respond to you from your old circles or when you come Back. If you're thinking about coming back to this area, do people have a, any assumptions or prejudice or ideas about, you know, that you've changed or are you, they really receptive? Like, what is it like for you? Because uh, I know in California, people were like, oh, you're snobby. You've been living in Europe, la la. My closer friends, of course, don't care. They're just happy that I'm home. But, you know, I'm just curious how it is for you and your circles or community or yeah people. well I think my friends are the the same probably my close <laughs> friends they yeah. just doesn't matter but then I think here I'm known as the one who lives in Australia like <laughs> sort of it's funny enough in this you know it's a small village like thousand people something um oh, when I was studying sense. in Prague I was the one oh that's the Prague girl <laughs> now I'm the Australian girl so it's you know yeah. that's, that's really matter and when we walk around oh hello hello and I think there are some people's not my friends but uh, people's assumption is we live in Australia we make uh, big money oh yeah you're rich now yeah <laughs> yeah um they have no idea I walk around here I'm like well people have houses good cars yeah they make more money than we make in Australia <laughs> how funny so I'm like you have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just, yeah, I don't have to explain those things to no, others, no. but it's just, just sort to of, notice it. Um, it's just to notice yeah. people's ideas. I think what's here probably sort of embedded in 
people's minds they need to own houses they need to have their own house or apartment yeah. something and it's probably this like similar in Australia people have mortgages and buy properties so yeah. that's probably yeah. the only thing that makes me sort of un- like nervous because we don't have that yeah yeah but do you really need that so that's sort of for me it would be nice to have that you know okay you have enough money to buy your house or apartment somewhere then you can rent it out and that's your security sort of there (laughs) we don't have it so sometimes I feel like oh stressful but then it's like calm down you know that's fine because we don't have a mortgage so my friend who has the mortgage she was like you're free just enjoy it right right (laughs) pluses and minuses on both sides we have the same because we think yeah all our friends have uh, most of our friends even some of the expats the the long-term expats most of them have partners that are local. And because mm-hmm. we're each, neither one of us from Czech, we don't have a mortgage here as well. But sometimes we have these moments like, oh gosh, you know, we're renting and are we really grown up? See, I don't know, like this mentality is that you're supposed to have these things in order. And, yes. you know, also, yeah, people have different ideas. My Czech friends as well, you know, are, oh, well, but you know, you're an expat, you must have lots of money. Like, well, of course uh-huh. you're going to buy an apartment. I'm like, you think I have 20 million crowns to buy my apartment that, you know, if I were to be in the same area, I don't, of course we don't own this apartment, you know, but we're anyway. So I, I, we have some of the same, you know, situation, but so I'm going to come. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, no, go on. Sorry. No, I'm thinking just otherwise, um, I don't know if people see any change in me. My mom saw changes when I even moved to Prague that (laughs) I'm different. So I I don't really know. I think my family is not really criticizing anything they think like straight to me. They wouldn't tell me, oh, you're crazy. You're going with a caravan. You have a child. No, they wouldn't say that. They wouldn't say that. But some of my family members, I think they think that, but they (laughs) they wouldn't tell us. Um, yeah, so also with like wise, we're trying not to give Tom too many sweets, but yeah. you know, yeah, so there are <laughs> but things that, different mentality, I know, yeah. but yeah, but no one is telling that straight to our face, yeah, not, not no one from my family or from Michael's family, but I think some of them they really think that we're crazy because we're going away with the caravan, and at this stage. We don't really have a place to go back to in Sydney because the caravan is halfway ready. <laughs> and so yeah, now you said we look it's for... full of things still, right? You still have to do another round of Yes. So we're Sounds looking funny. for a house sitting at the moment. So we're sort of looking for any house sitting in Sydney. So we have friends and they have friends, da da da. So mm. we'll see. Something will happen. But sure. so at this stage it's like, okay. <laughs> Feels a bit really this is totally gypsy gypsy's life so we just cover luggage we go back to sydney and people who think that we probably uh, own a house or something there well no we don't even have a place to rent at the moment so yay we don't have our own <laughs> toilet or bed well we do you do have a bed is there a toilet in the van no <laughs> well we have a toilet and a shower in the caravan oh, but yeah you need to be plugged fancy. into the water system yeah okay. we have the fancy one <laughs> cool all right yeah but no um but it's all those challenges will um help us in deciding what we really want to do yeah and 
Great. to really find out what is sort of life about. I don't know. It's I'm in bed now, but I I'm really like frightened and. I'm not sure how we're going to deal with all that and traveling yeah. and being yeah. on the road. But yeah, you can't go to a quiet room can, in the caravan. <laughs> not too much. In the one room. That is... one, one, one end yeah, of the caravan. But I think you can always go back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it has like five meters inside. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but you can you can always, I think, go back to something you know. Sure, um, sure. You can always go back to, okay, we can rent a place. I can start working because I'm not working at the moment because right. Michael is sort of in and out Sydney. So I was at home with Tom. So, yeah. So we decided to travel because we probably don't have anything to lose. We are renting a place or we were renting a place. Yeah. I was at home yeah. with our child. So why not to do this while we sort of can and then we will settle. Yes. Well, we'll have to <laughs> hear more about that later. I'll have to check in with you and see how it goes. Um, coming back to what you just said now, because it just clicked off in my mind, because this is another big transition. I would say, if I understand well, that probably the last big transition that you had was going from being a woman working on the planet for quite a long time to being a full-time mom, mostly. How how was that transition for you? I mean, now you have kind of another, this is a little more unknown, scary, this is also a first child. How was the transition for you going from, you know, being out in society and bringing home money and this and whatever? Because you worked quite a long time in, into your pregnancy, as I remember. And then yeah, it was yeah. just like because you had the baby and, <laughs> and then everything yeah. shifted. That was, uh, and it's quite common in Australia to work. I think here the girls, sometimes they go on their maternity leave even two months before the baby's born. Yeah. Yes, yes. Or quite a long time. I went but society allows weeks. for that as well. Like, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I was happy to actually, no, I, I don't know what I would do like two months before Tom was born. I would just, you know, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Buy too many things or build too many yeah, things. Or, it, I don't know. I just kind of, yeah, I think it's good also to keep uh, you fit. So you're going to work. Yeah. Depends what kind of work you do, of course. So I was sure. doing three days a week in the office as an office manager and it was great so I didn't have to you know lift heavy things or whatever sure, sure. is required so it was good and it was three days because two days I was working in the restaurant um and I stopped working as a waitress there when I was seven months pregnant okay <laughs> the belly was already too big <laughs> <laughs> because it was a local cafe I think uh people were sort of because they knew me and the local customers were coming in, but sometimes when different people came in and, you know, they, suddenly you see a waitress pregnant and I'm like, oh. And to be honest, I, so I don't know if they felt sort of, sort of sorry for me that I had to be there, but I wanted to be there. It wasn't like that I had to really right. work there, but I really liked Funny. the place and I, I was working there for many years. So it was sort of nice. And then we were given uh, toys and different things from the customers for our babies. So it was really sweet. But then I was like sort of, you know, seven months I was like telling the manager, I think it's time to stop. I was working there one day a week and I was like, you know what? I think this is enough because the belly is just too many looks and people were kind yeah. of thinking, oh. yeah. <laughs> anyway, the transition from uh, being at work to be at home with Tom, I was only at home for two, three weeks before he was born. Okay. It was a great time. And also the weather was amazing. So... He was born in December before Christmas, which is summer in Australia. So I finished my work in the office and then 
sort of enjoyed the time we lived close to the beach. So yeah. I had holidays. <laughs> and then the but baby you... was born and it was summer. Yeah. So easier as well. You don't have to put all those layers on. Yeah, yeah. On your baby. So it was easier to do that. And then it I had a great time to be honest. For at least for the first sort of six months when the baby's living in Australia. In Sydney, in that place, it's like a holiday. So my husband was at home for a month. Then he went back to work. My mom arrived for a month. (laughs) So for two months, I had someone there helping with the baby. Plus, we had a good baby. He wasn't crying too much. And it was, yeah, so it was really easy transition from, you know, working into different mom's role. Because some of my friends, they had a tough time and babies cried a lot. And it was a lot of stress involved. For us, it was quite easy transition. Was it from the start? I mean, you were actually one of the things I didn't mention, but you really were one of the people who gave me quite an inspiring story for birth because uh, we had quite a lot of discussions (laughs) since you you, you did it before I did. You know, you introduced me to hypnobirthing. You said it wasn't really that bad, you know. <laughs> and, and so it sounds to me, it sounded to me like, you know, Tom had quite a a, a good start. Like the, the whole process that you did it, during the birth and, and after. Yeah. It, I think it really does make a difference for the kids. And Definitely. I think so. Yeah, totally. And as I'm hearing stories from different moms, I really think we were super lucky and I'm so happy that, you know, my body worked the way it worked because it doesn't necessarily work that way always. And sometimes it's something that you just can't do anything about. And I know that few friends of mine, they had different birth experiences and they sort of felt guilty for the way things went, but there's nothing you can do about it. It's just, yeah. So I, I really consider myself lucky because Tom was born and, and the same, same day we went, home from the hospital oh, yay. he sort of arrived to the hospital he was born within half an hour and then we went home the same day in the afternoon so that's <laughs> amazing wow um based on what i'm hearing then i was like oh actually it doesn't have to be that easy of course you know i <laughs> i don't remember the harder part of that <laughs> but that's good erased <laughs> from my head but um yeah so it, it was quite easy uh, for us as well so that made a big difference I think because yeah dealing with different sort of trauma because some of stories that I've heard I think it's really like a trauma for the mom to go through really um, yeah, yeah I mean we felt like we were prisoners and, and and we had I mean we had a good experience yeah. because we um, you know from having conversations with you and different people online as well I was the annoying foreigner in a small village, mm-hmm. not too far from where you are now, actually, in Rakovnik. At the time, there was a new head doctor and was who was receptive, thankfully, because he really originally wanted me to just schedule a C-section and do it. You know, I'm older, I'm a problem, you know, and uh, as well, I had a myoma fibroid, so it could have been an issue. But he let me give the eight-page... <laughs> birth plan with all these, you know, different things, including, you know, doing a special kind of gentle C-section, which he never said yes to. But then in the end, I did end up having to switch my plan of all natural and la la, you know, I like, well, Yana had a good experience. So I have a chance for it. I'll try. And 
I did. But in the end, they let us do it. We were the first ones to have dad in there, first ones to have it be gentle. Nobody was allowed to yell. They let us have music. I started with the water birth, ended with that. And it could have been worse considering, you know, I had several transfusions and all of that, but I didn't feel the stress at all because we set it up that way. And they agreed to go along with it. Now, afterwards, we were in the Shesti Nadjali, the six weeks of whatever, the upstairs, the maternity area, and it was like being 60 years back in communism. Don't go outside. Don't do this. Don't touch your baby. There's like every five seconds something else. But it started off, you know, surprisingly not stressful considering the situation. Um, but, you know, I did have the dream of getting out of the hospital two hours after and being home instead of five days in old communist reality. But, uh, you know, we eventually got out and <laughs> it was fine. But I, you know, I think there are, every woman has a different story. Every family has a different story. Yeah. I, I feel lucky, like, like you, you had a, a month. I had, Mats was going to take two days off. He ended up taking two and a half weeks because I couldn't even get out of bed very easily. So I, you know, it's lucky. People have different bits of luck in different ways that, you know, shape the situation. And hopefully whatever you do after that, when you bring the kids home, you just do your best and hope for the best situation. My mom would have come, but I think that would have made me more stressed to, (laughs) I think you're amazing. I was like, wow, her mom's there for a month. In the ideal world, that would be great, but I would go crazy. I'd be like, oh, can my mom communicate when she goes to the store? Oh, she's telling me what to do. I can't handle it. <laughs> like, you know. But, you know, you, you seemed like, oh, yeah, it's, it's easy. You, you made it look easy. <laughs> yeah, well, but in saying that, it, like, it really went easy, and I really, yeah, I felt uh, super strong. Da, da, da. But then, of course, like, I think it probably hit me a bit later in terms of, feeling sort of not depressed but you know the reality okay now I'm really with the child because yeah. at first summer you know he thought it was summer uh, mom was there and I, I really like to have my mom around because she doesn't give me those sometimes unwanted advices so <laughs> I was nice. really happy to have her around <laughs> plus she arrived a month after the birth okay. so that was a good timing I thought by the time you probably know what we're doing yeah. and then yeah you know she kind of sort of helped as a family yeah, the three of you. That, was, mm-hmm, that was important for us. But then, you know, six months and then it was a wintry, yeah, went into a colder month and suddenly Michael was traveling in and out and then you're alone with the child. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think it probably hit me when Tom was around one year old that yeah. it's like, okay, so now, you know, the child is running around. You always need to keep them from worrying what they're going to do. And, <laughs> yeah, exactly really 24-7 sort of care, yeah. whether when they, for us when he was a baby, it was easy because, of course, the baby six months doesn't run anywhere, doesn't crawl, exactly. you yeah. know, easy. Did, did, you, did you also think, what is everybody complaining about? This isn't hard. I actually even had time for myself. We could watch yeah. movies. And then that other time came. <laughs> where <they're> exactly. Still- <laughs> yeah. And I think that sort of it's part of that process to – grow with your child as well because suddenly oh I can't go anywhere I like because he doesn't want to stay still he wants to run around he doesn't want to sit it's like oh because for the first six months I think I was so you know easy birth and I could go anywhere I liked he was in a pram happy some some kids they don't like to be in a pram he was happy there so I could walk anywhere I had those super (laughs) long walks 
and easy. And suddenly, yeah, then oh, he starts moving. And so around one year, it was yeah hard. So then I felt I needed some help. So then Tom started uh, family daycare for one day a week. Okay. So I could sort of take a breath and. Yeah. I was like, but it was yeah hard to leave him with someone else for the whole day, sure. with someone who he doesn't know. There was some like it hit me, okay if you know if you're at home around your family yeah. and the child knows family members, still they might cry or they might be sort of unhappy for a bit. But suddenly you know in Sydney it's like boom, here we go. The lady was lovely. Yeah. But. I just felt, oh, you know, can you imagine yourself? Someone will just throw you in someone else's house for yeah, a day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't know them. It's like, well, who is this person? Is mommy coming back or not? Exactly. So, well, yeah. and that, that's, I, I noticed in Europe when I first came here in Czech and some of the other countries as well, Sweden as well, uh, people mostly use their family as babysitters. Mm-hmm. And I remember yeah. even just asking, so where can I find a babysitter? Like, don't ask me. I mean, now there's babysitting companies and things in Prague, but mostly the first choice is always going to be grandma or mother-in-law mm-hmm. or something like that. And then you've got countries like Australia and the States as well. It's just normal. You have daycare, you have babysitters. People also have mothers and things, but it just depends mm-hmm. on the situation. But, but it's more accepted and normal and whatever. Yeah, they'll be fine, you know, or I don't know, you know, but did, do you notice, did you notice when you, because maybe you were around even more moms when you were put in daycare, did you notice any, I don't know, um, difference in the way that you approached mothering between you being from where you're from and the local community or whatever? Definitely. I think because they put you in a mother's group when your child is born. Oh, I saw that on t- uh, Netflix. Okay. It's a real thing. They actually do that. It is. Okay. It is a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And it can be helpful or it can be a bit. So our mother's group sort of good to get to know different people in the area. And it was the, our mother's group was big. So it was 18 oh, wow. moms. <gasps> then it sort of changed a bit. And so anyway, um, normally in Manly where we lived, it was multicultural, different okay. people. But in my group, I was the only who wasn't native English speaker. Oh. All the other moms were the natives, which wouldn't be probably the problem, the language. Mm-hmm. But I was surprised. I was like, oh, I'm the only one. So there were um, Australians, uh, one American, uh, one from South Africa, and a lot of uh, moms from Great Britain, mm-hmm. mostly England, I think. Yeah, so I was like, oh. Because other my other friends were in mothers groups where they mom moms from all over all over the world like huh. Mexicans, Brazilians, da, 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 <laughs> like different people. And sometimes with um, anyway, you can click with different people differently. But our moms group was good at the beginning, but then I really felt the difference because most of them were really ready to stay at home with the child for a year and then go back to their jobs. Oh, wow. Okay. Which I wasn't, I was like, oh, we'll see. Yeah. Because I also had my job yeah. for health sort of for a year and a half, but mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to go back to that because mm-hmm. for me, I just, yeah, it wasn't an option. It was more I want to enjoy just being around uh, rather than going like four days a week to work because right. I would have to do four days to sort of have shorter okay. hours. And anyway, but it was, so yeah, mother's group is a real thing. And some groups when, they click well. Some moms are really meeting for another twenty years. Oh wow! In our in our group, I see by your really, face so that there was one. That's not an option in this group. 
No, because like they were like eight months, they sort of separated themselves, but yeah. they were really, I don't think, well, they just had different priorities okay. rather than being the mom they had, oh, you know, breastfeeding finish as soon as possible sort of thing, oh, wow. then formula. And then they were going to the bars like, yeah, we can party. And, you know, oh. it's like, <laughs> well, I did that before. I don't need to do it now. Yeah, like yeah. I sort of have a different role, which I enjoy. So everyone is different. But what I felt is because in my head, the motherhood takes a bit longer than a year to stay at home with a child because sure. in Czech, normally people stay at home for three years. Yeah, you've, and, we've got three to six years. We can stay home if we want to. <laughs> yeah, well. That's a long time. But. Exactly. So then it depends on the financial situation, yeah. some people say. But, you know, we have one income. Yeah. Yeah. And you can so it, it's about priorities and where you live, of course, and you know what other expenses you have. Yeah. But okay. um yeah, so I was those moms. I think I was a bit weird off for some of them because I was buying secondhand stuff. So some and of those moms else was? um so from the group there was other part that I kind of clicked yeah. with her. So we still have a group, it's like I think eight of us mm -hmm. and we were more like minded. Okay. But still, there was no. Oh, there was one mom who was like very like-minded, <laughs> and then about um, yeah, we then talked about vaccination later on, and because there were different, you know, people. There was no one who was really no anti-vax. Like, anti-vax. So. If, if I say anti-vax, which I don't like the term. Yeah, it but, sounds really extreme, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but nobody who is open-minded so to different... a different possibility, maybe it's. In that group. Not too much. So yeah. the group that sort of so it sort of separated in two groups. And so the group where I still I'm still in touch with those moms. We have a um, still group on Facebook, and we can ask if we need something, yeah. borrow something. So they are more like minded, and they were buying secondhand stuff. But okay. the other group, no everything was sort of posh and new, and they were in the corporate world working. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah, just different. So sometimes yeah. I found myself that I'm not really that person that you know, I have different lifestyle, but sometimes even it, you know, should I go back to work? Should I, right. it, it keeps you wonder with me. I yeah. sort of wonder yeah. if I make the right choices, mm. whether what's good, what's not. So I think after having Tom, I realized, no, just go with your instinct, yeah. whatever it is. And no one, to be honest, like the group, you know, we, we went for like-minded, but there was, no one was really giving you advices, what you should do and why you should do this. So no one was giving me advices, but I sort of felt, oh, I don't know, <laughs> trying to find your way yeah. and what's, what's right. So I just realized the right thing is just go with your gut. And that's probably what takes you to the best place. I think that, you know, I, I realized that as well. That was a big, that was a big piece of, um, wanting to start this podcast and it was some writing that I started doing that there are all these books and all these people and all these relatives and strangers in the park everybody has something that they think you should do and it creates so much stress and really in the end we are the only ones who can know what's right well, well let's say we can follow our our gut feeling our intuition the best we can and hope that it's right but I think no one else can answer that except you know, your family or you and you do the best you can. And if it doesn't work, you try something else and try not to beat yourself up too much if you make a wrong yeah. choice. But I think if we are listening to that, as you're talking about, 
often we do make the right choices. And sometimes they're not the logical one. <laughs> you know, like it can seem that logically with your brain, with your mental brain, it should be only one way, or I hate to use the word should, but it, it seems like it only could be one way. But then sometimes your gut feeling, your intuition says, it ha let's do this. And then you see your child's reaction and you realize, okay, maybe to some people and even myself, that didn't make sense, but I followed it and look, this really was the right thing. You know, drop yeah. this, we're in the middle of painting and they're loving it, but somehow you feel you're just supposed to forget it. Let's just go outside and then they're just, their mood changes massively or I don't know, just there's all kinds of bigger choices. It's uh, And especially as you're talking about some bigger things, which I don't know if I should ask you about or not, but the how... how how is the attitude around schools and kids and daycares and vaccination? Is it required? Like in the States, they were 20 years ago, very um, open, more open, like they are here in Czech Republic. Now there's a mix. They, they say you can only do it. You can only vaccinate, but actually according to your belief system and this and that, there are options. You just can't put the kids in a state daycare when they're small, but once they reach school age, I think they can. I, there's something here, but it's a bit flexible. The U.S. has now made a hard turn in a lot of states um, that you can't really get your kid in school if, if they're not vaccinated. How, how is it in Australia now? You, you said that the moms had different attitudes. Uh, I know that for myself, it's often a conversation I don't like to have with people because it's too political and big, but what, what is the general um, attitude at least in Sydney, that you noticed? I think, well, now it's growing because since uh, last year, uh, the government introduced new law when the kids have to be vaccinated to be able to go to daycare. Okay. Oh, no, it was even before um, your child was allowed to go there uh, to a daycare, but you needed to pay the full fees because government gives you some benefits for, you have to pay the full fees if you don't vaccinate and you don't. Yes, yes. So what there does was, that there was to... okay. That's interesting. I know it doesn't. <laughs> there are things that doesn't make sense. So there was prior to last year. Since January this year, you can't even have your child there, even if you're willing to pay the full fees. Uh -huh. And it was this year was like a transition year for kids who were already in care. Okay. Who could stay there? Okay. even though they weren't vaccinated or fully vaccinated, partly vaccinated, whatever, just didn't really, uh, didn't do the whole uh, vaccination, vaccination, vaccination schedule. Oh, okay. um, so they could stay there like Tom. He was already, because he's partly vaccinated, um, then we stopped. So he could stay where he was, mm -hmm. but he couldn't change into different daycare. Oh, wow. And we would have to pay full fees for the care, which is quite, let's That's say we would have, we, we, we paid for some time before we stopped the daycare because then we were, went away, um, $130 a day. Oh, wow. So yeah. that's quite significant amount of money. And so there was the reason for me deciding whether I was going back to work or not was firstly, I want to be at home with my child more, but also financially, I wouldn't really bring a lot of money home anyway so um there was another thing like yeah that's, that's pointless it's the same in california i have friends who have good jobs but they're like i have to make you know well over two thousand a month which is what they'd have to pay for daycare outside mm -hmm. of san francisco that's not even in the yeah. city 
you know, yeah. in order to make it justifiable. And I, and 20 years ago, mm-hmm. it was the same. I had a friend who she said she left her job. I said, very independent woman. I said, I never thought you'd do that. She said, but it's not justifiable. She, she was com- commuting to work. Exactly. Yeah. And paying all this money for daycare. It just, it didn't make sense. So <laughs> I imagine yeah. it's similar. So, wow, that's yeah, a lot. Same with me. So I think now for the last, like for 2018, during two, 2018, because this change, um, people are more getting together, like those like-minded families who Clustering. are not really willing to vaccinate their children they're to find different avenues but at this moment you can't have there is no uh, daycare uh, for kids who aren't vaccinated and the exception like you can only have um, it's not like the religious one that you can get in US okay you only if the the medical reason yeah Yeah. Uh, only if it's like medical reason your um GP has to fill out a form. Like there's and, a reaction or something like this. Exactly. It has to be something. It, it's not like, you know, we, we don't really want our child to be vaccinated. It just, yeah. That's well, not an option. No, that's not an option. So there are um, families sort of getting together and trying to find different avenues, like okay. shared any option or, you know, somehow get together so you know who is around your neighborhood, right. who is like-minded, and you can sort of do child swap like right try to create a solution they, together. whatever it is like sort of within yeah. a friend circle yeah and, and school age is different than daycare or is it a similar five, situation when they're five they need to start and uh so far the vaccination is not required for school age children okay yeah so. it's <laughs> interesting how <laughs> they're creating things make your life hell until school so hopefully you you vaccinate yeah. your kid, and then we'll see what happens. Interesting. So it's okay. sort of tough, and, yeah. It's it's harder and harder. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not sure what yeah what's gonna happen. So for us, there was another option when you like back to what may made us decided to do the traveling. So I think when I like, when Tom hit like two years mark, <laughs> I'm like, okay, he's two. He's quite independent, sort of. Now. Yeah, yeah. What are we doing? So I think that prompted me as well. It's like, okay, we either need to have a second child, like now, <laughs> something that because I think when they're two, yeah. you sort of start looking for different things for yourself as well. Suddenly, Absolutely. okay, so I, a I more need freedom to... <laughs> or <laughs> not something myself. So for us, it was like either okay second child or traveling or I need to go back to work because Mm -hmm. I just need to do something but given all the circumstances the traveling was the best option (laughs) I I can't wait to hear how you feel about it on the other side (laughs) or in the middle depending on how we catch you I'll let you know freaking out (laughs) yeah but um you know it's different like I probably wouldn't be able to travel in a caravan in Europe the way you can do it in Australia it's quite common there there's a lot of people doing okay. this traveling a lot of retired people are traveling around Australia facilities are different as okay. well so there's so, more uh, more facilities more support for this kind of choice definitely yes okay. and quite a lot of families apparently are on the road as well with small kids even sometimes school aged kids because they can do the schooling like wow. a long distance schooling. Yeah. So I think they're definitely more flexible with school because people, even if you're not traveling like that, I have friends who are going to Czech Republic, let's say for seven weeks or so. So they're taking Take away the kids. their kids for seven weeks from wow. school. 
yeah. And still the school accepts it somehow. So it's like... Okay, yeah. so the, the system inside Australia is set up, especially, you know, Australia is quite far from places. So Everything. it's... It, and there's the walkabout. There's a lot of mentality around travel being a part of life versus it's... You can do it, but... In I know in the U.S., I don't know how it is here in Czech Republic. I know people do it when they're younger, and I think it's the same in the States. At a certain point, it's it's a bit harder to have the kids out of school when they're in algebra mm. or something unless you really have the mental yeah. capacity to keep up with that. It can be really tough. They miss too much. It can be more mm-hmm. stressful. But when they're in grade school, uh, I remember a lot more people would go on longer holidays. Not seven weeks, but, you know, a couple of weeks, you know, out of country or something like that. Yeah. So. And even like the school might be flexible. Just my friend mentioned, of course, with all the kids can be different. Her daughter is now seven and she was like, we were away for seven weeks. And I just feel that she was missing out on not really the school thing, but those activities, (laughs) Yeah. um, sort of, I don't know, end of school year or some things that are part of, Mm. yeah, like a bigger things happening at school. And she wasn't there for that. So sometimes she was like, oh, I feel like, you know, she might be missing out on those social activities rather than the school. You can well, catch then up. all the kids are talking about how great that was and they weren't there yeah. and whatnot. And yeah. And yeah. I, as a, a, as a person who was a teacher for a while, there were certain times when I thought, you know, I try not to judge, but let's just say, uh, I hope to make different choices when I'm the parent, you know, at the time, because yeah. I, I would watch yeah. them, like people bring their kids back, you know, really late on Sunday. And then, you know, wondering why the kids are melting down for three days at school because they never got a chance to rest or taking them out before the end of the year and they don't get that kind of closure with their class. Mm-hmm. That's, as yeah. you said, there's certain emotional and, you know, joyful things that they're missing. So, but it's cool to hear that there's that uh, support. I think that, you know, maybe because I'm also a traveler and it, uh, I didn't do it till later, but it, travel and, um, whether it's even out of your own state inside the same country or even just out of your own village, I think it is important to experience different mentalities, different kinds of people and for your kids to feel like different is normal, if that makes sense, rather than there's not just one way to be even Ella kind of doesn't see colors in the same way. You know, I had friends who would see, you know, we grew up in a very, super white area in in northern california and i remember kids just freaking out if somebody of another culture or color or whatever came and they just point and scream and say something or start crying and i thought that made me so sad not because you know i thought they were racist or something it was not it was not about that so much as they really haven't experienced anything else to know that you know it's just different is the same yeah. if that makes any sense so so you're you, you know you're you guys are brave. You're going to take Tom out of his comfort zone and see what happens there. I feel sorry for him. Like, you know, there are toys because part of the move was, of course, taking away his toys. Or yeah. like, I didn't want to really, um, you know, take them away without telling him yeah. uh, oh, that's so where hard. it's going. <laughs> so We go through that now too. No, mommy, no. But that's for a little baby. Mm. So we're going to sell that or give that to somebody who has a little baby, but you're not going to get rid of all of them, right, mommy? No, not all of them. Just so making them a part of the the process so they don't completely lose it. But you can't do it for everything in every moment because that can be intense. 
I think before showing him all the toys that we still have stored them, I think I need to get rid of them because he doesn't remember now with yeah. two months being away. He doesn't remember all of them. Yeah. And probably the thing he still probably thinks that we're going to go back to the apartment. Oh, yeah. That was his home. Well, yeah. Some, yeah. So there are definitely things that, you know, when moves with kids, you just, I, I think about him a lot, yeah. how he will adjust to everything because I hear oh you know kids are flexible and that and I'm like they are but to a certain point sometimes I feel they need some stability as well but you know I was actually thinking about that when you told me originally about the caravanning thing and I thought oh god wow how do you manage that because some they but you still have you create stability and you will do that you're a good mom you're an aware mom you know you'll find the way the two of you two or the three of you two uh still have some kind of routine that that makes him feel safe you'll still yeah. have those things and actually i thought about it i thought well but actually they're they're like a turtle they'll be taking their home everywhere they go so in a way he'll still yeah. have he'll still have that comfort zone that will become that place rather than an apartment so he'll still have the familiar things you know you and certain things certain blanket or whatever it is that he has that'll remind him that he's in his place so you know you guys will find a a creative way of doing that <laughs> and you, you're totally right I think this is what he like I can see in him how he can adjust to we are now two weeks in my parents place then we were in Michael's dad's place mom's place so he's yeah. moving around quite a bit and adjusting and yeah. anywhere we are like he sleeps in our bed most of the time even yeah. though he can have his own but he doesn't really go there yeah um that's so that's probably the security he knows that we are around mom and, and dad that's familiar <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> or mom dad, or dad. Yeah, good fine and yeah my our um friend who is in her 70s now she's like he'll be fine anywhere you just uh give him his bed he knows that this is his place where he sleeps you're around yeah. you'll be totally fine and it probably, yeah, so I'm trying to remind that to myself that yeah. it really comes down to that security that you said. And I think when parents, when we can be in the super house and I'll be stressing around and crazy, running, unhappy, it won't really create anything nice for him anyway. So, yeah, it, yeah. it's about your feeling. And if you also can feel okay, yes. you know, then he'll be okay. I mean, you and I often talk about that. It's not just that they're being wild and crazy. It's often that there's you're thinking or stressing about something and it and it's like animals and children you they show it even if you think you're managing it you're like yeah i got this under control yeah. why is she co- so crazy today well okay if i'm really honest actually i'm not okay with the fact that we're going to be going to a new house every day you know this week you know some kind yeah. of thing so yeah. i mean they they do can they do mirror us or or you know connect with the what's really happening so that's that's really big work though right you have to be super conscious as a parent to be like oh (laughs) I really have to manage my stress not pretend that I'm managing it because you know we find ways to cope with things in life as adults but when the kids come you have to take it to a whole other level because you can't fake it they they know the truth they they show you the truth through their behavior and then you can't be mad at them because you you know that that's because you're not you know you need to really find a way to relax or whatever it is. So that's the tricky, th- tricky thing. Yeah. And I think, you you know, being mom and changing the role, as you mentioned before, it's like even now you're not in a workforce, like, fully. Yeah. You sort of, for me, 
it's a totally different role that I took and I still enjoy it even though sometimes I feel I really need different challenges mm-hmm. but I can you know you can read if you want to I really can find the time but it's more about me now managing the time so this is whole new role like being a mom and also but also how to manage things how to really make priorities and it's <laughs> totally different to work where you didn't have any interruptions every five minutes but it's I sort of enjoy this learning process because this is like telling me so much about myself oh yeah <laughs> not, a nice, not a nice things quite often not oh, oh. <laughs> and the mirror as you said you know you can see it. it's like oh so it really makes me wonder how do I handle things why I'm doing this why don't don't I approach things in calmer way or just different, whatever it is, it's just big learning process. So I think when moms are staying at home with their kids, it's a super hard work. And also it's a big work for yourself. And I think it will be beneficial in the future as well, that you kind of learn a lot about yourself and about all the, you know, even with your partner, of course, is again, different level with your partner, how you deal with everything. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it's definitely an opportunity that sometimes doesn't feel that way. And then you have to reflect, okay, I can either work with this and turn this into learning and this can become something really amazing. But there's also moments where you're just super tired and you're like, I don't want the effing opportunity. I just want to not have to be interrupted 6,000 times yeah. a day uh, and, and have my train of thought. Whereas I forget things all the time. I'm not, I, I was a very internal person. So for me, I had days of quietness where I could just do what I needed to do uninterrupted, sleep when I needed to, whatever. And now it's this constant interruption. I forget things all the time. And sometimes I get really frustrated. And other times I realize that means I just have to do this differently and be Mm -hmm. flexible, more flexible than I'm maybe always, not always naturally, you know, inclined to be. So yeah, there's opportunity, but mm -hmm. well, I don't want to keep you. Sorry. It's fine. Just, I'm, I mean, like to finish, like on a positive note, that yeah. every time when I wonder, oh, you know, should I do this and that, and should we rather settle in and trying to save some money, you know, have the mortgage, <laughs> da, da, then I was like, oh, I don't, I don't really want to do that because I don't know where I want to be, so I don't want to be tied to that place anyway. So, yep. I have a friend who that. is totally on a different spectrum. She was working corporate. Her partner as well. They just earn crazy money. But also, it's funny, when we met, we met through a different mother's group, mm-hmm. and she is Czech as well, and we have same-aged kids, and our kids, they love each other, but we are from totally different uh, circles, even when they lived in Prague, they just really, the corporate world, and financially differently, but we sort of, we like-minded in terms of the kids, I think. Yeah. And she gives me a different perspective of life, and I give her a different perspective, because when she was stressing out about things, I was like, no, you're fine, it's fine. Look, <laughs> if you you know, dealing with something financial, like, look at us, like, you're fine. I mean, not like everyone is dealing with whatever it's important to them. But it's sort of, she was like, yeah, okay. So that she could see that there's different reality as well for different people. So it just comes down to what you want to do. And now she's like, you know, enjoy the, she was the one, she told me, enjoy the freedom Mm. and also enjoy the time that you spend with your child because now she is four days at work and she just doesn't see her child as often as she would like to yeah so there are just different every decision absolutely high time has has something that 
you know, can you make, makes you wonder, Oh, is this Someone's the right got choice? So got it is... better different from different angles. It feels different. It, totally. It, it's, I, I had friends say the same thing to me, like, you know, just stay at home if you can, you know, I yeah. would have liked to been with my kids longer, you know, and, and, yeah. and it's like, okay, thank you for that perspective. Or mm -hmm. did you, did, did, did you see the, um, Netflix, uh, it's called letdown. It's actually from, I think Australia or New Zealand. And it's about a, a woman who has a baby and goes into this mama's group. This is where I heard about this. Mm -hmm. And there's, all different kinds of moms in there and in the yeah. beginning she feels so stressed she just walks out yeah. because it was just like you've got the poshy mom who's got the mm -hmm. perfect stroller who comments yeah. on her stroller that's having problems like why did you get a, a knockoff it's not even the real thing you can tell because of this and then you know all these like she just felt like the worst mom you know and yeah. then yeah. you know they eventually get perspective that everybody's got their different things that they're dealing mm -hmm. with that's really working and really not working regardless of who they are. So anyway, it's just something I mentioned. I, I know I need to let you go soon and vice versa, but I wanted to ask you a couple of questions before we go, if that's okay. Go. <laughs> One would be um, uh, your best worst moments that you can remember as a mom. If you have anything that stands out, like you just, you know, it may not have been big to me or somebody else, but like for you, just like, oh, that really was tough moment. And also one where you just feel like I'm doing okay. <laughs> that stood out. Maybe there's a lot of good ones, but you know, pick one. <laughs> I don't know. For some reason, it just <laughs> came like when when he was born. There was the like the super feeling when he was really born, and they put him on my on my body, and it was like, wow, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> you did it. It's happening. He's on the other side. Oh, he's real. He's here. And it was the oh. yeah the super super happy moment uh, that I know that some moms didn't have, but yeah, yeah it yeah. was just that feeling that I was like oh so happy, and then I just yeah we were there, Michael was there, everything was just perfect perfect perfect. Um, That's lovely. Yeah, and then I don't know some moments that I didn't really feel okay when I really was doing things. I don't know the sleeping like let your baby cry for a bit oh, you know and then ah. so this yeah and it's something Did that, that I work just, for you no I didn't <laughs> and was I couldn't do that either it was just like someone ripping my heart out <laughs> yeah. and I was like no I don't think no I just can't do this but yeah. it was sort of yeah we tried because he didn't sleep the way we want him to sleep but he was sleeping well <laughs> looking back at it he was yeah, fine yeah. Yeah. it was just you know us trying to do things that yeah, so that's something that I just wouldn't. Every time when I went against my instinct, they didn't really work for us. So right, so it's coming back to that thing where you realize it took you some time to. Now yeah. you get, and probably if you had another one, you'd be like, "I'm following my feeling, not what some book says or what I should do or what we think is best." So, well, that's cool. See, so you you made an opportunity out of it. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, oh, you know, and if we ever have a second child, if the child sleeps, like, unless the mom goes crazy or both parents that you don't really address at all, it, which can happen, I wouldn't really bother. If they sleep two, four, five hours, yeah, but just follow the instincts and, of course, sometimes probably advice of the doctors if the baby is not really doing Sometimes. Well. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it's the yeah. right thing, sometimes yeah. not. So it's just, yeah. yeah. Whatever I, and what I probably learned 
I'm not giving advice to any other moms. I thought, <laughs> oh, I would do this and that before Tom was born. And then, oh, yeah. da, 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 reality. So, how many I, of those things, right? <laughs> what what would be because that that's a great what would be one thing that really stands out that you said i'm never going to do this and then you did do or you know i'm never going to for example i said i was not going to have plastic things around ella absolutely <laughs> yeah. no plastic i bought bamboo and all these things and you know ta-da that changed did you have no. anything dummy definitely we won't use dummy oh hello tom still has the thing he's got the pacifier yeah oh, the, you call it the pacifier okay, yeah okay. um so that um but we cut his a long time ago because he was chewing on it so now he has just the plastic part of it puts it in his mouth holds it there and Must then he's a lot asleep. of work actually to keep it there without the he has it there for like a minute and then he falls asleep so Aww. It's just, yeah, this piece of plastic that he needs for his sleep. It's funny. But, yeah, I don't know. So, anyway, at least he's not doing anything to his teeth. Um, yeah. But I put just no advice. I always give no advice to moms. Just do <laughs> this what worked for me, this what didn't work for yeah, me. But you need to try. Of course. Just, yeah. But without giving advice, but any tips and tricks. Like, for example, I thought, oh, I've, I've thought of – everything. Well, no, of course I haven't thought of everything, but I thought I figured out most things. And then we were at the playground the other day when we connected after quite a long time. And, uh, uh, and you gave the idea because I carry around the toilet everywhere with me with Ella. And you said, Oh yeah, we just, we put a bag in when there's poo so that it's easier because I was really saying it's so hard to clean this thing when you're out and about. And even when you're home, it's not so easy, honestly. And that was such a simple idea. Like, of course, put a bag in it. Why didn't I think of that? Is there any, anything else that was, uh, that you can remember off the top of your head, like something yeah. to share with our, our listeners that, uh, helped your world? You know, some of the simplest things are the best. <laughs> Can't think of anything. We we definitely do our wipes, the coconut wipes, you know, from the paper towel in the kitchen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No. Yeah, it's no. I, I started to do that. Uh, I had all that stuff set up before, and also I had the textile ones with which yeah, you yeah. put stuff on. But I have we had it's too warm in our flat, so everything was getting funky. So what yeah. do you, what do you do with yours? You have a coconut oil, or what did you say? I just cut the the paper towels that you have in the kitchen. You just need to have the tough one, tougher ones. You cut the roll in half, and then I have the square box that I put this roll in. It's probably the size of a toilet paper then. Okay. And you just boil water, let it cool a bit, like one big spoon of um, coconut oil in I don't know half a liter of water. Mm -hmm. Mix it and then put it over the the roll paper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah in in that box, and then just you take the middle out the hard part uh, and then you just use that as a wipes okay for, because we, we try not to use any chemicals yeah on tom and this worked really well so if you're not and using still cloth diapers this would be ideal because it probably helps also with uh but uh what do you call it with diaper rash and things if you've got the coconut yeah, oil if yeah, not because we didn't it. we didn't really have any issues with that Tom didn't really have rush, right. maybe a few times, but maybe it was food, food allergies. I don't know what it was. But anyway, so that helped us. So, um, yeah, no, because some of those wipes, they just have really too oh. much 
things it's in terrible. there. <laughs> we, we actually use Natty Baby. We, mm -hmm. we were using, I had all, I bought all these things on Amazon before Ella was born because we were going to use cloth diapers, which we did for a year until I couldn't use them anymore. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. No, I mean, I wanted to be ecological, but holy crap, that was a lot yeah. of work, especially without a dryer most of the time. Um, but uh, uh, we ended up going with Natty Baby diapers and pull-up pants and the and the wipes. Mm -hmm. When it was hot weather, especially, we felt we needed yeah. to not have them simmering in the heat or whatever, 40 degrees or, or 100 degrees in our flat. But this is a really yeah. good idea with the coconut oil. It's very simple. A lot of the other recipes were quite complicated. And I, I, I think I, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think I found uh, something else was in there, but I just put coconut oil and this kind of look warm, warm, warm water yeah, to mix yeah. the oil in and then put it over and that's it. You just need to, yeah, well, depends, you know, Tom is not using um, the diapers anymore for some time. So we're not using them as often. So you just need to make sure that there is no any funky things happening because of course there's just water and coconut oil, sure, sure. but we were using it for, you know, cleaning his hands. I just took always... What? Or, yeah, when they're eating, I mean, even if they're not for the diaper, you use it for other things. And, exactly. and the yeah. coconut oil is so great antibacterial just... and doesn't go rancid as fast as a lot of the other oils. So, and you're in yeah. a warm climate in Australia, so it's not like you're going to be warmer than our flat. So, yeah. <laughs> great. Well, we also, and now Tom, every time he eats, he likes to kind of clean his things, some like a piece of fabric for his hands to mm -hmm. clean his mouth. And, and, and then I just wash it. So, when we, are out and he has his neck so he has something that he can clean his hands with yeah because yeah. sometimes if i don't have it so and i right. every time when i pack his snacks i just put this piece of you know towel or whatever it is. he has the fabric one and then i just wash it so that's easy as well but i can't think of anything straight what kind of helped Ooh. well that's two things we've got the the plastic in the toilet and the <laughs> and the easy wipe solution so cool be, with the plastic in the toilet i i saw it somewhere i don't know uh yeah and it it wasn't that oh i just put the back in and i think maybe michael started it actually i was like it wasn't <laughs> coming from my head i was like oh of course <laughs> well because you know i'm always i don't like to waste like they actually this toilet that i got actually folds quite flat and all that and it actually comes with Mm -hmm. inserts you can do the plastic thing but I, I was like I don't want to waste but then I realized that we even though we have bags that we get uh, we carry around like reusable ones somehow we still end up sometimes with plastic bags from something and I hate yeah. we do keep them and we end up with so many plastic bags somehow from other people or whatever so it feels like you're kind of recycling somehow anyway and when you're going out oh, yeah, around I mean like, what are you going to do yeah. you can't put it in a textile bag the poo so you have to yeah, do something yeah. <laughs> or if you're in a place that you you know people don't want to be seeing and smelling your kids stuff yeah, then you have yeah. to you have to use plastic sometimes it's just the reality if somebody else has a solution please write in and tell us what your solution is that's more eco that's fine because I haven't thought of it sometimes people really just don't want to see what's going on there but anyway so uh before we sign off if I asked you, what is your theme song? Do you, if I were to say, what would be a song that represents Yana or uh, makes you happy or shifts your mood or something like this? Do you have <laughs> something that you put on when you're having a bad day <laughs> that changes your mood? <laughs> Funny, if you say happy, well, 
the song Happy. Or I it think it's be... called Happy from Fire of the Leaves. Yeah, I'm not gonna. But only that. because, well, when we're in the car, Tom wants to play this song all the time. Not here while we're on holidays, but in Sydney, <laughs> all "Mummy, Happy, Happy." So Does that the song was on and on and on for. T- and I still enjoy it. I'm like, huh, okay. So well, that's when you know it's a good song. song for you because if it doesn't make you absolutely insane, and you because there are those songs which you have in your playlist or whatever, you can hear yeah. them hundreds of times and you still enjoy them. And there's the other ones where you enjoy them once in a while, but then you just skip through it other times because it drives you crazy. Okay, that's so, that works. So this. It always keeps you moving. It's like, oh, yeah, why not? <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably the song that <laughs> we hear a lot and still enjoy it. Oh, yay. Well, yeah. Jana, thank you so much for giving your time this morning because I know mom time is super precious and I'm surprised. I think I heard a scream a little earlier in my side over here and yeah. Tom is managing <laughs> really well for being there. I'm really proud of him. Um, but thank you for, for being so honest and open with us. I really, really appreciate it. And I am looking forward to checking back with you. If you end up house sitting or in a quiet cafe along the way, somewhere midway through, we'll be talking anyway, but, um, and then of course afterwards and and see how your caravan adventure and, uh, search for, uh, your place (laughs) or whatever it ends up being, how that's going. So. Thank you. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks a lot. And I'll definitely keep in touch and then my have different advice on, you know, what <laughs> works for us and what doesn't work for us in a caravan. So. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm very curious. That would be definitely on the, the thoughts of my questions would be how what things, um, yeah, what things had to be different, you know, in a working in a smaller space and in a mobile space in a place where you're parking somewhere, you know, um, rather than having one stable place, how, what kind of solutions you come up with or unexpected moments, maybe. (laughs) I'm very curious. There would be a lot of unexpected things, but yeah, definitely. (laughs) I'll make a list because sometimes I don't remember. Yes, write them down. That'll be, that'll be my homework. Write it down. Well, anyway, you should definitely keep a journal, if not a blog, because we want to hear about your travels. Uh, That could be really fun. Yeah, definitely, yeah. (laughs) Journal is on the list of things to do while we travel. So about the blog, maybe we'll see. Uh, who knows? Maybe you'll be doing your own podcast, traveling mummy, adventures, <laughs> tips and tricks. Who knows? <laughs> How not to go mad while on the road with your family in a small caravan. <laughs> that exactly. That seems more like yeah, um, a story that might definitely come up soon. <laughs> Well, I'll be thinking about you a lot and um, let's talk soon and good luck. (laughs) Thank you, Ariel. Good luck with everything and we'll, yeah, talk to you soon. I really enjoyed that talk with Yana. I hope that you did too. This was a great open and more dynamic and versatile talk than I expected. It was starting in the playground one day when we met when she was here in Prague for a bit with her family before going back to doing her caravan adventure with her family. We did Skype. There were definitely some hiccups and blips, so you will hear that because the connection was um, a bit spotty and uh, her family was kind of in and around, but that's mom reality. So here we are in our imperfect podcast. Bear with us. And I just want to thank her and thank all of you for your patience and 
hope that you enjoyed the Vax, Mommy, different styles, Australia meets Czech Republic, multicultural tips and tricks for moms episode today. We would love to hear from you. If any of you or all of you would like to leave a comment on our blog, on our website, we will be giving that information in just a moment. Or you're also welcome to go to iTunes and leave us a little comment about your experience of our podcast. Hope that you're all having a great day. Send us some tips and tricks of your own for traveling, downsizing, vax reality, whatever it is that you want to share. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to Imperfect Parenting and our Imperfect Podcast. For show notes, links to things we discussed, our blog, and more, please go to our website at www.imperfectparenting.net. If you have questions, comments, or stories you'd like to share, please go to our social media on our page or write us at info at imperfectparenting.net. We would love a review on iTunes from you and might have a couple surprises at the other side. So IP parents around the world, keep having a wonderfully imperfect day. Thank you.